Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. We're coming at you live this week. As every week we are live, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this fan pick episode, where later on the Mad Monkey is going to be presenting Brenda's film pick of the week, 1987's Blood Diner, directed by Jackie Kong. So before that, I'm joined by the bold, the beautiful, the Golgi Keith. Hello, 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 everybody. What is... Going on in the world. What indeed is going on in the world other than the pandemic? I think that's the uh, biggest thing, and I got some things to talk about with that a little later on. Uh, but we're not joined by the doc. I don't know if he's sick. I don't know if he's drunk. I don't know if he's high, but he's not here tonight. So he's keeping up his attendance record as usual uh, with us on the show, as you know, uh, as he does. But we are joined by the psychotic Simeon, the prince to my Moore's day. Yes. Come on, monkey. <laughs> Yeah, fuck you. Oh, it's the end of the world. Or the beginning. <laughs> but either way, we're still broadcasting to you live, like the king said. Here I'm all on lockdown, quarantine in the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic. But that's not stopping us from bringing you the best damn horror podcast there is, Talking Terror. And once again, I'm happy to be joined by my horror family, the king and the cool, and just happy to be coming in your ears, guys. Let's do this shit. <laughs> Happy to have you back. Uh, so, yeah, uh, before we kicked off the episode tonight, before we went on air, uh, we were talking about some things. And one of the things that uh, just came up today, actually, is that we all know that WWE WrestleMania 36 is going to be broken up into two nights. Too big for one night. And you know what they're doing too this week big. is they're taping those matches. So what? they're not going to be live, these matches. They're going to be taped. And then we're just going to watch them on Saturday and Sunday night. So they are taping the big matches this week. So the championship matches, me? nope, they're all being taped this week. Holy shit. <laughs> well, now we got to hope that no leaks spoilers. as far as yeah. spoilers go, you know. So all I can ask is, like, look, people, I get that everybody wants to feel like, hey, we're fucking important. And, ooh, I know somebody who knows somebody who's you know, <laughs> filming what they're doing right now. Like, listen understand that the WWE universe like you know we're missing out on basically our Super Bowl our World Series our NHL championship like this is our big event for us for the year you know so don't spoil it don't put shit out there for it and believe me I'm going to do everything in my power as always to avoid it so I guess you know what if you are a WWE fan don't go looking for it because believe me I'm sure you'll find it Oh, I know it's going to be out there. That's my biggest fear, because I know that Google likes to update me on things that are happening in WWE, so I'm always worried that it's going to pop up about what event happened this week, you know, and what championship match. I'm like, Google, don't do it. Keep away. You know, just, you know, say it's happening on, on April 4th and 5th. You know, then we're going to be okay. 
I mean, oh. basically, don't even look up the match card at this no, point. No, nope. You know? yeah. You'll no. end up trying to put in for the match card, and it'll be like the third thing down that tells you, you know, Goldberg loses to who, who's Goldberg fighting against? Uh, Roman Reigns, right? Roman Reigns. That, that oh, yeah, Roman Reigns. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That it's, guy. It's, it's a bummer. You know, it's like back in the day with Bischoff when he would go on WCW Monday Nitro and be like, guess what, guys? You don't have to watch WWF now. I'm going to tell you exactly what happens at 10 o'clock hour. Mankind wins the world championship belt. Thank you. Good night. No more watching Monday Night Raw. On with the show. <laughs> that was a real <laughs> shitty thing for them to do to make it the time, man. You know, look, I, I, I give horrible. a lot of credit to the WWE. At least they're trying to do something. You know, at least oh, yeah. they're trying yeah. to give us some kind of event for the evening. Um, you know, two evenings, because again, it's, it's too big for one night. Hmm. Oh, man. Oh, so big. Uh, yeah, so I am thankful for that. I mean, I spent my day today. I mean, I don't know how what you guys have been up to, but, you know, like for today, you know, I, I have not been able to, like, just stay focused or concentrated on any one thing. I barely made it through, like, any full movies or full TV shows. Maybe I'll watch an episode that'll drift to something else. I'm kind of just at that restless point here. But today... I finally found something that I could lock down on and watch. You know, I ended up throwing on, like, Starcade from 1983 on the WWE Network. Um, free right mm-hmm. now, if you'd like to get it. Um, <laughs> but that being said, you know, the uh, it kept my attention. It was nice. It was good to see some old-school wrestling, some fun, stuff that I didn't get to see as a kid living in the New York area without cable. Because... I didn't get WCW wrestling or NWA wrestling and stuff like that. All we had was WWF, and all I had was WWF superstars on Channel 5. Yeah. No, that Starcade, the one that you're talking about, is just great. Just great seeing Ric Flair, very young, in his mid-30s. Jim Crockett Productions talking about the American dream, wearing his loafers, you know, spilling whiskey on every hotel room he's ever been in. Like, you know, just <laughs> seeing Rick in his prime, you know, it's, it's amazing. Um but, I mean, it, it, for me, I've been on lockdown for, like, two weeks, so I've had nothing to do but watch movies and watch TV shows. Uh, so I signed up for the Shutter, uh 30-day free trial, the shut-in promo code you can still use. Uh, so I signed up for that, and I've just been watching nothing but movies and uh, documentaries. I watched one called Horror Noir, which is a history of black horror. Um, another one about Tom Savini, all about smoke and mirrors, about his entire career. So I've just been dipping into all the movies. Uh, right now, I'm actually watching a Netflix documentary that's really hot right now called Tiger King, which is all about Joe Exotic. Yes. Uh, it's amazing. It's, wow. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's seven it's series. It's right now. I keep hearing about it. I keep seeing it pop up on Facebook. Everybody's talking about it. I'll get to it. I will enjoy it. I mean, I knew about Joe Exotic back in 2016 when he tried to run for president down in Oklahoma. He was trying to run for president. He's the Tiger King. He's got all these tigers. Vote for me. I'm gay. I'm a gun-toting guy. You love me. Joe Exotic, baby. And I was like, okay, this guy's awesome. And he's in jail now. And you'll find out in the documentary why he's in jail. So that's on Netflix and not on the Shutter account? No, it's on Netflix. And it's called Tiger King. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, not on Shutter. Shutter has a documentary, like I said, Har Noir. They have a Tom Savini documentary. They also have one called The Road Movie, which is all about footage taken from the dash cams of people in Russia and Ukraine. And it's fucking crazy. <laughs> like people getting <laughs> shot, people jumping in front of cars, a lot of gore, a lot of just fights. Yeah, it's just called the road movie. And it's just, it's amazing to see all this real life horror happening in Russia and the Ukraine. Just people getting pissed off 
Everybody's taping. Everybody's driving around with uh, cams in their car, just trying to catch something. It's just, it's so cool. Um, <laughs> it's not all far from, from what we do here. It's just what they do and don't let get released on certain sites and whatnot, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, Monkey, what have you been up to? I mean, I know that you said you were still working as of last week. Has that changed? Are you home? What are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm still working, man. <laughs> I'm, I won't reduce hours. I'm at th- uh, 30 hours a week now instead of the normal 40. But, yeah, I, I'm still out there. I'm still getting out there. Uh, as soon as I get home, the diva makes me jump straight into the shower and de-louse myself <laughs> um, before I do anything else. But, you know, still try to do what I can to, you know, stay safe. You know, it's like I, I got to get out there, uh, you know, because of what we supply. You know, we supply cleaning supplies. We, you know, and, and uh, PPE and stuff like that to certain people. So, you know, we're told to stay open somewhat <laughs> until the governor tells us different. But, yeah, at the same time, still trying to be safe, you know. <laughs> you have to. Just wash your hands. Uh, yep. Wash your hands, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> <laughs> wash them. Keep clean. Stay out. Stay inside if you don't have to go outside. Mm-hmm. You know, like the monkey has to work. You know, I know that the ghoul, he's essential. He has to work when there is work. So just if you don't have to, like me, stay the fuck inside. Get the shutter. Shut it. Promo. 30 days free. Yeah. WWE Network is free right now for wrestling fans. If you don't want to pay for it, you don't have to. It's free. Just go on there and watch. Nothing to do yeah. except watch horror movies and wrestling matches. It's yeah. kind of amazing, stop. but also at the same time, sucks. <laughs> yeah. Stop Stop going outside, taking your kids to public parks, rip, oh, ripping please. down the... Uh, Ripping down the barricades that people have put up now. Like, the governments have, like, been putting up barricades on a certain public park, and people are going around and ripping them down and then still going to the public park. And kids are playing all over the playgrounds and all that kind of shit. And it's like, knock it the fuck off. You know, <laughs> go back inside. There's lots of shit to do. If you if you're, need the kids to get out, just send them out in the yard. You know, just send them out there. But, like, you know, not climbing all over shit in public is just... But I got to say, though, the one awesome thing I'm really thinking about all this is, though, when I step outside to have a cigarette, people no longer walk up to me, you know, by me. They walk away from me, you know, and mm-hmm. since this is, and since this whole thing has started, not a single person has asked me for a cigarette. <laughs> like, that's hey, yeah, right. awesome. <laughs> There's an upside, you know, and just start coughing if they walk past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, make them walk by a little bit faster. Maybe just sitting without a cup of coffee. Like, man, ever since I left China, I had this cough. I don't know where it came from. It seems like it's getting worse. Yeah, just, yeah, just start doing your best golem impression. Just be. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, fuck, he's got it. Run. <laughs> that guy's got the corona, y'all. Run away from him. Don't ask him for a cigarette. He's infected. <laughs> but also, while, while you're still locked in and stuff like that, I do have a little bit of horror news because. While you are locked in, okay, don't have shit to do or whatever, last week we talked about the Predator game, Predator Hunting mm-hmm. Realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, um, you know, I'm going to just pretty much call them modern-day versions of Tag, because that's all they fucking are. It's one person's it, and everyone else is running around trying to stay away from the person that's it. Okay? <laughs> um, and that's pretty much what they're doing here for uh, Predator Hunting Ground. But right now, um, starting March 27th, through March 29th, through PlayStation Network, you can play the beta version for free. So you okay. can get on there, get on your PlayStation Network, and give the game a try. Uh, also, 
Because this seems to be the new thing of everyone coming out with the new versions of Tag. There's also a new Resident Evil game coming out called Resident Evil Resistance. It, too, is set up where uh, one person is the mastermind. The other people are the other four people are the survivors, but this sounds like it kind of has a, a bit of a soul twist because the, the person who's the mastermind is there setting traps and you know uh, doing attacks and stuff like that and doing puzzle like traps throughout this thing that people have to figure out so that they can escape. Um, and like Predator Hunting Grounds, this is available for. Play the beta version for free on PlayStation Network from March 27th to April 4th. Now, if you're interested in either of these, just go to the Talking Terror Facebook page where we have articles that's talking about this where you can click on the link and check it out for yourself on the PlayStation Network. <laughs> that is badass. So if you're a gamer right there, you got two games that you can play for free, the beta version, and uh, sit in your home and wait for the lockdown to be over. So we don't know when it's going to be over. You know, it could be May, could be two weeks from now. We don't know. So you know, games, <laughs> movies, TV shows, binge them now if you got the time. I know that's a big thing. Uh, the other thing I forgot to mention is I actually watched Birds of Prey the other night, uh, the new Harley Quinn movie, and fucking fell in love with it. And I wish I had seen it in the theaters when it came out. Um, I hope this is going to be another one because I felt like it was so much better than Suicide Squad. <laughs> I loved it. I think Ewan McGregor is fucking the greatest as a black mask. I always thought it was an underrated Batman villain, but his spin on the character was amazing. I couldn't get enough. I wanted more. <laughs> he loved it. You could see he was showing up scenery the entire movie. <laughs> He's enjoying himself. And just, is this just, the one like where I said, that scene. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say that scene of him when, like I said, when we were chatting on the, uh, on the messenger or whatever, man. Just him explaining. To, to to Black Canary about all of the masks and everything in his like just his exuberance and the joy and like the fun that you could see that he was having and that it was just, it was oozing from him yeah. and it was great it oh. was like he knows what movie he's in and it is a lot of fun to watch him doing that um, yeah I enjoyed the movie I saw it in theaters yeah I think it might have been one of the last movies I got to see um, yeah that that I, I did actually you know what I I bought it, obviously, because I have all the DC movies, and I have to keep up my record with that. Um, but I uh, I haven't watched it again to completion, but it's, because again, I've seen it already, and I, uh, I, I enjoy it. I want to sleep to those movies. Now, now, yeah. now, we're talking about the same one that is the Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Is That's correct. Are we talking about? Oh, okay, cool, cool. Oh, so that's out now. Oh, yes. I'm definitely off. Oh. I'm definitely downloading that. <laughs> That's yes, awesome. do it, because it, it's fantastic. Um, I love how they incorporated some of the new 52 Harley with her being a roller derby team. The whole breakup sequence at the beginning where she's trying to get over Mr. J and going to the club and drinking herself into a stupor, puking into her purse, and just getting that pork roll sandwich the next day. Uh, heart-shattering when you see that thing get destroyed. <laughs> and he in that moment. All she wanted was that damn sandwich. Get that hangover done with. <laughs> and I love how in the trailers they made it seem like she's really upset about something. And then they find out it's a sandwich and they're like, oh, man, that's good cutting for a trailer. <laughs> and even having her hyena Bruce and him chuckling in the corner whenever you go into her apartment and she hasn't got the one hyena, she named it Bruce. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, love that hyena. <laughs> like perfect. She would have it. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out, Monkey. It's a lot of fun. I don't know what Ewan McGregor's accent was in the movie, but yeah, chewing up the scenery the entire time. Sweet. <laughs> Loving life. And Mr. Zaz shows yeah. up for some reason, which didn't get it. But hey, listen, he's in it. Yeah, not everything in not everything in the movie made a lot of sense, but again, you can see that it was really about the fun. Um, oh yeah, yeah, know, it was it a fun it, movie. It was about the girl power, and uh, mm-hmm. I think you know the the one thing that was a constant. I heard it from like everybody. You know, the one one thing that everybody wanted to see more of was uh, uh, Huntress. You know, because uh, oh yeah, was fantastic. yeah. Her delivery oh, was yeah. great. You didn't get enough of her. She was funny. Mary Elizabeth Winstead was hysterical. Oh, yeah. It's not a fucking bow and arrow. It's a crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets a story, which is great. Black and Harry gets her story. So they all have their little stories. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely just it's having fun. It's not like Suicide mm, Squad. Yeah. It's her own movie. It's just mm. a comedy. You right. know, some action in it. Mm. You know, that kept her a little out, luckily. Um, so, so, uh, your opinion, um, just cause usually when they do group movies and, you know, you're introducing everyone for the first time, did they, did they actually do a decent amount of balance there as far as like getting everyone's stories out or did it feel a bit of a rush? Not necessarily. I think they handled everything pretty well. The, the heroes that they wanted you to have a backstory for, they gave it to you. The other ones, uh, okay. you know, like, uh, Montoya, you know, they, they give you her, but not really a whole lot. You know, it's played by Rosie Perez in the movie. You know, it's more focused on the Huntress and Black Canary and how she's indebted to uh, Black Mask in the movie. So it's just, it's not so much of origin stories that you're getting, but just little backgrounds. You oh, know, it's okay, not yeah. even complete, it's more so Harley's movie. It's it's a Harley movie, oh. without a doubt. You know, that that goes without saying. And I know they had a whole thing with the whole title of it and all that. Um, it's definitely a Harley Quinn movie with Chippens of the Birds of Prey. It's almost like a Birds of Prey origin story that's thrown into a Harley Quinn movie. Uh, okay. Yep. And that's why it works for me. You know, it's kind of cool to, to you get a Harley movie, but then you get the, the Birds of Prey, too. You know, and that's why I kind of hope that they're going to do a follow-up um, at some point. You know, another Birds of Prey movie, because I like the team-up. I like the casting. You know, I keep the comedy, because it, having Harley narrate certain segments was great. Her writing on the screen... You know, with the ups and downs, and happy faces, and shit like that. I mean, just it was—it's uh, a blast. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough good things about that. Um, and yeah, speaking ahead. of Harley, uh, we got a new, uh, new episode of the Harley Quinn cartoon series on the DC Network yep. coming next week. Oh, we do next Friday, yeah. Oh fuck yeah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Season two—that came fast. Luckily, they didn't wait a long time, so I'm glad about that. Getting that first episode out. They had announced that prior to obviously everything going down, so it's not like they were doing that to uh, to help people out during this. But uh, it's definitely something welcome. Um, The uh, the first season was fantastic, so I am very much been looking forward to the second season and glad that it is right here. Yeah, in just one week. Um, So going into some of the bits I have for horror news, uh, it was announced today that Stuart Gordon. Uh, passed away at the age of 72. For those of you who do not know who Stuart Gordon, uh, Stuart Gordon is, he directed Reanimator, From Beyond, Castle Freak, a uh, number of other movies. But yes, he is the one that brought Herbert West as uh, Jeffrey Combs to the screen back in the 80s. Uh, definitely a guy that I followed a lot throughout a lot of his movies. 
So to hear that he had passed, you know, at 72, it was kind of a shock. But, you know, it's another one of the, the big ones for me, Stuart Gordon. I think he belongs up there, just alongside Carpenter and Romero and Craven. All right. Uh, so then what was your favorite movie by him then? Like your personal favorite? Uh, I, I want to say Reanimator, only because that's the one that I used to watch in a lot of sleepovers that I got kicked out of because I was watching Reanimator at <laughs> a very young age. Um, but honestly, I, I would have hey to guys, say it's from you beyond. Hey, this really cool movie that I want to put on right now. It's so awesome. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was like, dude, this chick gets head from a decapitated head. It's fucking crazy. You got to watch it. Like, you know, it's gory. It's funny. And they're like, yeah, we want to watch Wayne's World and Biodome. I was like, no, no, Reanimator, dude. Like, come on. Hey, don't knock Wayne's World and Biodome, okay? Those are two valid choices of movies, too. <laughs> I'm not knocking them, but I'm like, come on, dude, Reanimator. You get to see tits. <laughs> you know, yeah, on. but d- d- didn't you used to actually bring this to sleepovers? Like, actually, actually, and the parents would get so upset that they would actually call your parents in the middle of the night to actually, you know, be like, no, sorry, you got to come get them. Yeah, you need to pick yeah, up yeah, Andy. Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with your kid? Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with your kid? Kids, okay? <laughs> kids, Mr. and Mrs. Gutline. <laughs> He's in the sixth grade. What are you doing letting him watch this material? And they're like, oh, we don't know. He said he wanted a reanimator. We don't know. <laughs> you know. It was on the shelf. He rented it. Like, sorry. You know, yeah, went home a lot of times. It's only the 20th time you rented it. What's the big deal? <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's always mine going out. I mean, yeah, reanimator was one that I brought over at a very young age. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre I brought over a lot. So, yeah. And a lot of people not being too happy with me at sleepovers because I wanted to watch horror movies. <laughs> Stuart Gordon and the, uh, yeah, obviously when I was a kid, I didn't know who Stuart Gordon was or anything like that, but the movies, on the other hand, were ones that I got introduced to at a very young age. Uh, I know we spoke about some of that during our uh, Reanimator episode, but, um, mm-hmm. which is in our backlist for, for those who yes, are wondering our thoughts on it. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I was a kid and I remember, I think it was my, my grandmother's house. We had rented Reanimator. My nanny used to love watching horror movies with me because she used to love to scare the crap out of me with them and everything. Um, but I specifically remember the movie From Beyond because there was so much nudity in it that it was one of those that she got like uncomfortable and was like, yeah, you, you can't watch this and like made me like leave the room. So I never got to see the movie until like a couple weeks later when I was at the video store with like my mom and I was like, oh mom, can we rent from beyond? And you know, she's like, oh, it's, it's a horror movie, is it okay? And I'm like, oh, I watched it with Nanny, it's fine. <laughs> and, and you know, there I was like in my room as whatever 10, 11 year old kid that I was, I might even been like nine. Man. And uh, yeah, I was mesmerized by boobies, but more so of the like just the weird theory behind that like the fact that there's this whole other world that's just on another vibrational plane that we can't see I mean it was just it was mind blowing you know and he was able to bring it to life from Lovecraft tales you know and he was able to visually make it actually happen in a way that was just fantastical and believable the effects are amazing I think yeah from beyond is my my go to with Gordon um, over Reanimator, it's always from beyond. Ken Faree is amazing in it. Barbara Crampton looks so hot in that movie. Jeffrey Combs playing the crazy character he always plays. Uh, it's just one of those underrated ones. Everybody goes Reanimator. I always go from beyond. 
<laughs> yeah. When he's got that little dick pineal gland at the end sticking out of his forehead. It's amazing. Um, but what about you, Monkey, uh, with Stuart Gordon? You know, what are some of your movies that you go to with him? No, it's just, again, I got to go reanimator just because it was one of the first horror movies I ever saw. Because uh, mm-hmm. remember I told you that I had the sleepover and where I was introduced to horror, and it was, you know, Halloween Part 5, Friday 13th Part 6, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and then Reanimator was the other one, and Reanimator just fucking blew my mind because I was like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, and especially all all the effects by Screaming Mad George, you know, so, you know, I was just like, none of this makes any fucking sense, but I'm glued to the TV, you know, like still scared as fuck because it's my first time like watching horror movies, so I'm watching the entire thing through fingers, you know, and, but at the same time, I'm still drawn into the effects of that movie, and it's just, you know, to this day, it's just a, a great solid horror effects movie. And as a fun fact for you guys, I don't know if you know this, but 1988's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, we've all seen it. Stuart Gordon has a story credit in that movie because he had developed that script for Disney with Brian Yuzna, who would go on to direct Society. Another episode for Talking Care, we covered Society not that long ago. Check out our thoughts <laughs> on that movie. But yes, uh, they brought that script to Disney and they said, we think we have a great idea. We think you guys would like this. So they developed it into a kids movie. Wow, because like that's like you know one of my favorite live action Disney movies. I, you know, I, I really like that fucking movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can thank Stuart Gordon for that because he's the one that developed it with Brian Yuzna. You know, they had that idea. They wanted to make a kids movie. They thought, and uh, they gave it to Disney, and they ran with it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love that movie too. I loved it when I was a kid, and I love it now. But yeah, luckily it's because of him that it got made. So thank you, Stuart Gordon. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and his movies are out there. I know there's a couple on Shudder. Reanimator's on there for sure, so you can check that out. From Beyond is available, too. Um, you know, it's going to be missed, because he was good with the body horror. He knew how to make a good gore film. Mm-hmm. And make it fun. <laughs> and funny. Yeah. And fucking yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. And make you think. Yeah. Again, he, yeah. He, uh, yeah. Like I said, there was... Hey, I, watching Friday the 13th movies as a kid, watching Poltergeist, stuff like that, like, they were all... Right. For me, they were all like shock and horror type of uh, shock and awe type of horror films, you know. Whereas watching Reanimator, watching From Beyond, they made me think. They made me wonder, like, yeah. what the hell is it that I'm seeing here? You know, why is it? Like, you know, the that I think was more important than anything else that I saw with the, with any of the other horror films at the time. It was like my first experience into, I guess, what they call now elevated horror. You know. Yeah, even with an animator, with the reagent, you know, this is a thing that you could bring the dead back to life if he could perfect the serum. You know, it's an amazing kind of thought to have. You know, and Jeffrey Combs as Herbert West is fucking amazing casting. And he brought that character to life in three movies, Broadway Reanimator and Beyond Reanimator, the other two uh, movies. Stuart Gordon wanted to make a fourth one. (laughs) (laughs) And... And for a few years, Stuart Gordon wanted to make a fourth reanimator uh, movie called House of Reanimator that would take place in the White House. And it's Herbert West bringing the president back to life and everything that ensues there, with William H. Macy playing the president. Uh, see, they should, see, if they really would have thought about uh, it, they could have combined that with the Fallen series. You know what I mean? And there then you go. Have Gerard Butler, you know, having to be reanimated after whatever, like, experience happens so that he can continue to protect the president. 
<laughs> See, you know, and this might never be happen, but uh, what could have been? Um, so full moon features, we know them. They oh. do a lot of the silly puppet master movies, uh, demonic toys, uh, doll, ragman, dollman. Uh, they're actually cashing in on the coronavirus and they're releasing Corona Zombies, which is going to be available on Man. Amazon Prime on April twentieth. Four twenty, baby. Smoke it up and watch this movie. It's a timely time to do it. Somebody was going to. Might as well be full moon if Troma's not going to do it. Full moon will do it. Man, talk about bad taste. I was surprised. No, it's not. Oh, it's not bad taste. It's just... No, come on. Every time something of this nature happens, somebody somewhere is doing something to do it, okay? Bad taste. Okay, you want bad taste. I mean, I'm sorry. Bad taste is taking $84 fucking masks and charging uh, 84 cent masks and charging $7 per mask now. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, bad taste. Yeah. Fucking hoarding toilet tissue. Knock, knock my mom. Okay, now for nothing, fucking panicky mommy. All right, who bugged out and decided to take, like, I don't know, fucking two, three, four, six packs worth of it when, you know, hide them under her milk. Okay, all because what? She needs that much toilet tissue for, like, the two or three times she might shit. Uh, bad taste is the people that decided to fucking flood the internet and Facebook and social media with bullshit about how, oh, we heard from somebody that we know who's involved with this one and that one and this one and that one who said we're definitely going into a lockdown for X amount of time. That's bad taste. Okay, all of that is bad taste. They want to make a movie that's making light of this. I mean, look how many other virus and fucking other films are out there. I even thought about that for my pick next week but decided, you know what? That's too fucking cliche for me. I got something else to do with next week. There we go. It's not, yeah, I mean, I got to go with the go on. It's not bad taste. It's cashing in at the right time. You know, they're taking something that people are uh, in affecting people, but turning it into something fun. You know, people are scared right now. You know, they're not sure what the next thing is going to happen. So what better way than to watch a horror movie mm. that's taking this very thing mm. that you're scared of and turning it into a fun zombie movie? Like, I can't wait for it to come out. Mm. I want to watch it. <laughs> and, odd, and, and, and odds are, knowing Full Moon, they probably already had a, a virus movie that they were working on when all this broke out. And then they just switched just gears at the last minute and were like, okay, we're, we're going to make it this now. No, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, Charles Van would do that. <laughs> Very easily. You know, the cover art's amazing with a zombie wearing a face mask and toilet paper being thrown around and hand sanitizer on the cover. <laughs> you know, they are just taking full advantage. Uh, what's going on? Then it's the way you should. Which, you know, let's have some fun. Which the let's funny have a laugh. thing is, is they, like you said, monkey, they probably had a film already made that had nothing to do with the coronavirus. So what they did instead is they've inserted a couple of scenes of people mentioning the coronavirus, people mentioning toilet paper, whereas everything else is from whatever movie that was going on prior. You know, it had nothing to do with it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I talked about House of Reanimator with Stuart Gordon, so I wanted to talk about things that could have been but never happened. Uh, this involves Robert England, who around the time of Dream Warriors, part three of the Nightmare series, he developed a script called Freddy's Funhouse. And he developed a script, and he wanted to follow a sister of Tina from the first film. And it was going to be like an X-Files meets Nancy Drew type of film with the sister investigating her sister's murder at the hands of Freddy. Um, he wanted to make that oh, happen, Rob. call it Freddy's Funhouse. Rob, in Friday the 13th, Part 4, investigating the murder of his sister Sandra from Friday That's the 13th, correct. Part 2. <laughs> yeah. um, it happened three days prior, you know? 
Yeah, but he had unfortunately. Paper clippings. <laughs> yeah, he did. It, just, it never happened, and Robert always wanted to see it get made. It didn't matter what sequel was going to be, but he said now the script doesn't work because it's all outdated. You know, he just uses things that were hot in the 80s. He's like, it wouldn't work now. He's like, there's no Nancy Drew types out there that are going to be looking into murders and things like that. They have the internet now. There's Google. <laughs> you know, his script is just very outdated. <laughs> but it's just, it's cool to see that he actually had an idea that he wanted to see get made with his character of Freddy. You know, he's that invested in that character that he was writing a script. Right. And at that time, it's like, you know, that's when, it, you know, it, it was at its biggest, you know, when we were seeing, you know, all the Freddy dolls all over the place and, you know, oh, Freddy yeah. on Arsenio Hall and shit. <laughs> well, I don't want to say that because this was around part three, Dream Warriors. And I feel like Dream oh, Warriors okay. is the movie that kicked it off with Doc and, you know, like the ghoul just singing the Dream Warriors theme. So part two <laughs> didn't really do it. Part one was a hit, but part two definitely didn't lend itself to the pop culture uh, zeitgeist that Freddy would fall into. It wasn't until after Dream Warriors came out that everybody's like, fucking metal. Let's get all these dolls out. Let's get the masks out. And let's get the gloves out. And like, that's when it started pumping out. You know, that's when you got, you know, uh, the fat boys doing Are You Ready for Freddy, getting the records, you know, Freddy Sings with the Elm Street kids. Like, that's when you're getting all these merchandise cash-ins because that's when it really got hot. And then part four, which I love. I love Dream Master. I think it's a, a great MTV era Freddy movie. And I know a lot of people say Dream Warriors. Yeah, I thought it was. I know a lot of people go, oh, no, Dream Warriors is the best. And I agree. But I think part four is fun. It's just such a great MTV era movie. You know, it's just that's bringing Freddy into this era, you know, making him even more of a schlocky, jokey type character, but still being a killer. And I've always appreciated Dream Master. Yeah, but the other problem with see the problem with Dream Master is that it directly connects into the next one, the Dream Child, which is what really <laughs> shit the yeah. bed, you know. So whereas Dream Master yeah. means had solid things, was a solid follow up to the Dream Warriors, except, you know, rather than expound upon the idea of having multiple people that could fight Freddy, now they've turned it into, you know, what eventually would become the Matrix. You know, she becomes the one. Um that that has them all. The uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, dream, like I, like I said so many times, man. You know, one of these days we're gonna cover Dream Child, and I'm gonna hate it because yeah, it's gonna bring back memories of sitting in the theater as a kid, and just being like, this fucking. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, is it worse than Freddy's Dead? Because uh, I don't know. To follow that up with Freddy's Dead, that's even worse to me. Freddy's Dead. I mean, to me, that's just the nail in the coffin. Freddy is dead. Like, they just, they're kicking a dead horse at this point with part six. Like, it's horrible. Part six, six, in my opinion, what I'll say right now, part six is the worst out of the two. Simply because they cartooned everything. That was a Nightmare on Elm Street movie for kids. You know, you took away any gore. You took away any of the twistedness and you literally turned it into a Looney Tunes cartoon, complete with fucking parachute sequences and everything. Mm-hmm. 3D. Freddy's driving a bus. <laughs> you have the video game sequence of Breck and Meyer. Like, it, yeah, it's complete kids. <laughs> safe movie. With power. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Where's your bus pass? Like, you know, okay, got it, Freddy. Now you're just one-liners now. Um... But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think six is worse than five. At least five had some good moments. 
You know, it's not the greatest. It's got a low body count, but yeah, six is just wacky town. That's just who frame Roger Rabbit levels are just why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> you know, what a way to send him off. <laughs> so, moving on to Final Destination, which celebrates uh, its 20th anniversary. Yeah, it was released in 2000. Um, so, what wow. originally was supposed to happen is that... Another former episode. <laughs> yeah, another former episode. <laughs> I think that was your pick that we talked about. Um, the original director was supposed to be Clyde Barker for Final Destination. That was their first choice, studio. When they released Final Destination, they wanted to get Clyde Barker behind this. Because obviously Hellraiser and every movie they had done before that, they wanted to get him on board for Final Destination. He said, nah, not my ticket. Don't want it. Give it to somebody else. So they gave it to, to uh, James Wong to direct it. But Jeffrey Reddick also said that that first movie that we did cover on the show, previous episode, um, it was supposed to be a lot darker. It wasn't supposed to be as, I mean, the deaths are cool. Definitely a popcorn movie, but it was supposed to be a lot darker in tone. Uh, they had a lot more teen suicides where they're purposely killing themselves after this plane accident, um, and a lot more hauntings uh, from the plane survivors. Um, a lot more of ghosts and haunting these kids and basically trying to get them to kill themselves because of what happened. So the idea was a lot darker than what we got. So I kind of wish they had made that movie. Well, I, mean, I don't know, man, because we were... That, Oh, no, I was just going to say, the original one was just so good, man. It's just, well, why would you want to make I agree. That? And, and with, like, I just don't think Barker would have been a good fit for the, the product that we've got. Maybe the one that you were talking about, maybe. But not nowhere near the product we're getting. I'm sorry, Gould, go ahead. Um, again, I mean, I think when we watched the original film and we discussed it, you know, you could feel that... You know, that movie could have went one of two ways. It really could have went dark and had been about, you know, kids, you know, committing suicide in that, you know, and the reality was that they weren't, that there was some malevolent force after them. I feel like it was one of those where maybe it was something that the producers or the director, whoever was financing the film, maybe they didn't want to go down that route. So instead what they did was they kind of... uh, they screamified it, you know, like those movies were, were popular a couple of years prior. Um, you know, you yeah. had Scream, you had, you know, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Those films were, were still in the cultural zeitgeist at the time. I think by 2000, we were having, what, the third Scream movie? Um, I don't yeah. remember uh, what year that one that came, came out. That came out in 2000. And, and this was very much like, again, you had a cast. You had Stifler from American Pie. You had Ali Larder. You know, you had Devin Stower from Idle Hands. Um, I think at that point they decided to kind of take it a little bit lighter of a direction. Let's make the death a little more outlandish and add just a tinge of comedy to it. I still feel like the first two movies are the darkest of the entire series. It's everything oh, yeah. after those two that kind of gets into more corny territory. The deaths Absolutely. are always so good, though. That's the important thing. Oh, yeah. The deaths are always so good. Um, so I know that the one scene that Jeffrey Reddick, who created it, uh, talked about, where you have the one friend of Alex that in the movie that we got presented, he died in the bathtub, you know, where the wire got hung around his neck and he got hung. He didn't do yeah. it himself. It was just death doing it. Uh, in the original version, he was supposed to hang himself. He goes into the garage and he ties a noose around his neck and then just waits for his dad to come home to open the garage door. 
So his dad will see his body <laughs> hanging in the garage. I was like, I would have loved that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's dark, but I would have loved to have seen that. It's voluntary. It's not death doing it. It's him doing it himself. So, again, that's what I think with the, the, the version that we got presented, they wanted death to be doing it. They didn't want these kids to be doing it on their own, which I think is kind of cool, too, you know, having that aspect of death claiming their debt. You know, you survive, but that's just happenstance. Now we got to collect your soul, you know, which is yeah. ultimately what we get. And it's just where would the story go? Just everyone going around and killing themselves. Like, you know, where, you know, you have this mass suicide going on, but then, you know, what could you possibly do to, you know, keep that going or to put it into it? Yeah. You know, so it ultimately just didn't get made. I mean, I would have loved it, but it didn't. Um, so we're talking a lot about movies that we've covered on the show before, because I want to talk about Train to Busan. That was uh, the ghoul's pick not that long ago. Uh, because Yan Sang Ho, his next film, uh, which is going to be a sequel called Peninsula, for the U.S. when it gets released, get ready for a long title, Train to Busan presents Peninsula. That's going to be the what? official title. <laughs> okay. It's interesting enough. Train to Busan presents Peninsula. So that's what we're going to get. Well, who knows when that's going to get released uh, with everything going on right now. But he had said that he wants to do a third film regardless of how well Peninsula does, because he wants to step down from directing duties and be a producer and make a third film that would focus on what created the outbreak. I'm not crazy about that idea because I don't like origin stories of outbreaks. I don't really need to know why it happened. I just like the fact that it's happening. Yeah, but they, they also already did an animated thing to kind of show the beginning anyway. They already had Soul Station, animated yeah. Mo- yeah, they already had the animated movie. You know, but yeah. they didn't show, you know, where exactly it began. It just showed a little bit before the events of uh, the the first train to Passan. But still, um, they already had a bit of an origin movie. <laughs> you know, what are we going to do? Go back so we can actually see see the actual vial break and, you know, <laughs> and the virus yeah. spread? Because we, we've sure. already seen Resident yeah. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Um, but you know, what do you think about an origin movie for Train to Busan 3? You know. You know me with that. I hate prequels. I hate prequels in mm. general. Um, just never have been a fan of them. So rarely do they ever, ever do enough add to the story that they're pre-telling, nor are they ever of the quality that matches what it was. I mean, the only exception, I will say, and even that isn't a necessity in any way, is the thing. Um, but that was also a movie that was yeah. made so many years after the original Source movie that it's kind of fun and it's done in the same vein anyway. And, you know, it, that is one of the rare cases where it works. Other than that, I'm never a fan of it. I'm good. It's like watching uh, Cabin Fever, Patient Zero, you know? Oh, horrible. Even Sean Astor being in that movie is like, it's not saving it. It's terrible. Oh. <laughs> it's just, that's pretty bad. Um,. So, have you guys seen the movie Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage and Amber Heard? The one nope. where he comes out of hell? Okay. Well, uh, nope. that is something I'm going to skip because I thought it was fun, the fact that they wanted Tom Atkins to play the uh, Nicolas Cage uh, character. But if you haven't seen it, no reference. So, if you have seen Drive Angry, <laughs> yeah, Tom Atkins is supposed Sorry. to play that role. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Okay, so I got that. All right, so this is something for the ghoul because he does still live in New Jersey. Um, next year, June 9th, 2021 to be exact, at the Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey, there's going to be a musical called Bruce. 
which is going to be based on the documentary about the filming of Jaws. So that'll be coming June 9th Very and then wrapping cool. up on July 4th. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. I will have to, uh, I know very much where that is. That's probably about a 45 minutes to an hour ride north for me. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to look into that and uh, check it out. I just thought that was very cool that they were going to be doing a musical based on the documentary for Jaws called Bruce. So that's up on the Talking Terror page for details. But I can get your tickets, and now you can set that up. I think it's interesting that they're going to end it on July 4th weekend, too, because as we know, the mayor didn't want to shut down those beaches. There's nothing to worry about here, people. <laughs> no. Everything's <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> Nothing's wrong here. Don't mind that body on the beach. <laughs> yeah. So that's very cool. So, yeah, definitely check that out, Wolves. I know you're in the area. Uh, so this is something interesting because I've been talking a lot about things that could have been uh, with movies like Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, like we talked about with Final Destination. So Zombieland screenwriters Rhett Reese and Paul Warnick talked recently about the first film, and they talked about how they wanted Patrick Swayze to have the cameo that Bill Murray would end up taking. Um, So they wanted to offer it to him. He was in, but then he got sick. And they decided, well, we can't have him do this, or we're going to have to rewrite some things. So then they got very ambitious, and they ended up writing this script that included Sylvester Stallone, Joe Pesci, and Mark Hamill, all having cameos in this movie as being survivors. And you have the group of characters led by Woody Harrelson meeting these characters in Hollywood. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, I could, I could see maybe Joe Pesci, but definitely not. <laughs> I could see Mark yeah, Hamill, not, not for sure. Uh, uh, Hamill would do it. Not, uh, of course Hamill would do it, especially if you were willing to sit there and kill him. Because Hamill loves doing movies where he dies. You know, that's why he did the movie. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, that's why he did the Guyver. You know, that's why he did um, <clears throat> the remake of the Kids with the, the Last Eyes. Jedi. You know? That's why he did the Last <laughs> Jedi. And if that's a spoiler, motherfuckers, if you ain't seen it after three years, f you. <laughs> <laughs> nope, never seen it. Never will. No, I'm good. Wait, <laughs> Just like Drive what, Angry. What you guys ever saw Drive Angry? Never saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> never gonna happen. <laughs> that's, that's just personal taste I mean it would have been cool to see those characters you know pop up but I think Bill Murray did a great job in Zombieland you know appearing in his cameo to me that was more than enough I think if you pack it too much with cameos you're going to be focused on the cameos yeah it, it wasn't that kind of movie where it was a cameo kind of movie you know it's, it's, it's not the fucking Muppet movie um, <laughs> but, but for them to have one cameo was fine and it, and it did great for Bill Murray Oh, it did. Yeah. I mean, because anytime Bill Murray pops up, I'm watching. So it doesn't really matter what he's doing. <laughs> Any movie he does, I'm a fan of, um, especially with Zombieland, you know, having a minute. And then he was in Zombie uh, Land Double Tap and a cameo in that one, too, which is cool. Yeah. And it makes sense. Yeah, the, the end credits. <laughs> 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 makes sense when you see it, people. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, oh, uh, right, yeah, so. it's awesome. <laughs> So uh, this, uh, yeah, no, no, it's just you have to see it, like you know, because it'll make sense when you see it. Um, but uh, if, so, if you're a fan of Bill Murray, it'll make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or does he? <laughs> yeah, well, we will find out in that movie. Um, but yeah, and then the, to 
going from Bill Murray to Finn Wolfhard, who's going to be in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, he had done another interview where he says that Ghostbusters Afterlife is going to be for the fans of the original two movies. Then it's going to stay faithful to that material. It's going to be funny. It's going to be scary. You know, OG Ghostbusters fans are not going to be disappointed. You know, does it make me want to see the movie anymore? No, because I'm already in. But at the same time, I'm kind of happy that it's going to be sticking to what made those two movies great. Yes, even part two, which I do love. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, but do you think that him, that's just him saying it? You know, just because, again, there are so many people that are trepidatious about because of the last Ghostbusters movie that came out. Maybe they have to keep doing this. Be like, don't worry, it's not going to be that crappy. It's not going to be like that last one. <laughs> I'm sure that has something to do with it. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you gotta, you know, because that, that movie's still at the bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Mm. People are still talking about how bad that movie is. Like, that was mm. 2016, though. Mm. Get over it. Stun. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but it was weird because, um, like, oddly enough, like, two nights ago on Entertainment Tonight, they, for some reason, pulled out the, tra- the trailer again for Ghostbusters and actually broke the trailer down scene by scene, you know, pointing out all the crap that, you know, we'd already pointed out when the trailers first dropped. But when it, time but yeah, but it, <laughs> I was saying the exact same thing to the diva. But again, it's, you know, I guess, you know, the people behind this movie trying to push and be like, look, you know, we're get, we are putting these nods in here in the trailer. We're trying really, really hard here, you know, not to give you another piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think it's going to be good. I just, I mean, even that first trailer, I was like, you know what, this looks fun. You know, it looks like they really got the spirit of that first film, and I'm looking forward to it. I just, it wasn't like seeing the 2016 show and going, oh, man, no, no, this isn't good. Like, you know, I don't want to see this anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm just Ooh, I'm looking got, forward to it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I got boxing gloves to fight ghosts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's if this movie even comes out because that movie's supposed to come out in July and who knows, we could still be all in lockdown in July, so who knows, that could be another one that just completely drops off because they're like, nope, nope, theaters aren't open yet you know, but I think well, so, yeah for a video cool. on demand in July <laughs> well, no, I think we're, I think we're going to see theaters open um, you know, regardless of, uh, we're not in a lockdown, remember, we're kind of just in a it's advised to stay at home in Jersey. We're not in a shelter in place like they are in California. Uh, right. a couple of weeks. And, you know, as more tests are going through, we're seeing numbers that are coming back. We're also finding out that, you know, they think that a lot of us probably already had this thing. And have already mm-hmm. gone through yeah. it and didn't even fucking realize it. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's a testament to, I think, our medical industry here in America, you know, maybe our doctors really are just that good. That's why we're not seeing the numbers of, of deaths that you're seeing in other countries as per the amount of population that we have. Uh, we're definitely not, you know, hitting Italy numbers or Spain or Germany. You know, my heart goes out to all of those people. They do, you know, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible thing over there. Um, I hope, you know, for my family that I have over there that they're all safe and that they're all okay. Um, 
that being said, you know, I am glad to see that we're not in as bad shape as they were predicting a week ago, where it was like, you know, pretty much fucking doomsday. Whereas now I really yeah. do feel like, you know what, within a couple of weeks, we're slowly going to start reintegrating. I think New York is probably going to be the place that takes the longest to recover from this, just because they have so oh, many yeah. people on top of each other over there. But I think other mm-hmm. states where it's not as widespread and it's not as condensed, we're going to get back to normal real soon. And, you know, theater's opening is going to happen. Now, whether how long it takes for the movie companies to recoup the money they're losing right now, that we'll see, you know. Um, I don't know if we're going to see delays in certain releases or if they're going to try to force releases out faster because you don't want to put your movies on top of one another. Mm. That's always the, the biggest issue there. Yeah, yeah, but that, yeah, that being yeah. said, then the the other weird thing though is like because I was looking at um the stocks of Disney and shit like that, and Disney right now because like even though Disneyland and Disney World have been shut down, the Disney cruises have been shut down. All right, their stock is like right now at like the high like highest it's been in a long, long fucking time because everyone's staying at home and watching Disney Plus yeah. and buying their digital releases. Like I'm their sure, stock sure has shot. <laughs> it's just the, 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 it's just their stock has shot up, man. <laughs> it probably it's probably doing that because it probably dipped real low at first with all the shutdowns, and that got everybody buying. You know what I mean? Like that's the whole thing. Remember, you're supposed to sell high, buy low, all that shit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see how with all of their parks and, well, you know, at the same time, with all the parks shut down, we don't know what kind of employee packages they have or how much money they're sticking out to for the employees that are now sitting home because there's nothing that they can be doing, you know? No, just, that's sitting like, the uh, cor- just sitting in the corner thinking to themselves, it's a snow world after all. <laughs> do you think, do, do do you think, do you think some of them are sitting all. home, like, in their costumes? And they're just, like, hanging out. Like, fuck Walk around the goofy. Get so on his walking around, like, in his house with his big fake muscles and all that stuff. Yeah. They, they have to. They have to because they're probably on call. So they're told that, he, you know, they know their shifts. So that at home they still got to be in costume in case they get the call. So they got to show up. Got to be ready. <laughs> got to be ready. You know, could happen any maybe time. They joined, maybe they joined OnlyFans. And uh, they're doing you know, special <laughs> private shows the, in costume. The sexy ones, as many. Woohoo, you want to my ass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make you take it off. Take it Ursula all off. Is he- Ursula is a hentai queen, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Little Mermaid's doing twerk videos <laughs> just to stay above the water. <laughs> Mermaid's got to get paid. <laughs> Um, Real yeah, quick, yeah, and, and, I know I know we're getting yeah. close to that dive in where we're gonna where where somebody's gonna make a really bad pun to like transition us into the movie itself. Not really. I just wanted to cut. Yeah. I just wanted to cut in real quick and say one. I checked on PlayStation Four. Um, there's currently nothing to download for a demo for the Predator game. Um, it might be part of the pre-order. That's something that I'm finding with a lot of games lately. You actually have to pre-order purchase the game in order to get early access to the game. Um, so maybe possibly you have to spend whatever, 60 bucks to get the game in order to get that access. I'm good. I'm going to pass on that for now. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I might want to amend that article, monkey. 
just to, you know, just to, just to kind of tag on to, you know, the whole idea of films and VOD releases and all this and that. I still say fuck you to all of these companies that are trying to throw out rentals for 20 bucks. You can blow me. Um, that being said, Bloodshot is now available. That was something that would have just come out last week in the movie theaters. You know what? It was available for purchase. Guess what I did? I purchased it. Even if I wouldn't have bought it had it come out prior, which I probably would have. It's a comic book movie. That all being said... I would definitely recommend seeing it. It is a lot of fun. It's nice to see Vin Diesel get back into a, a comic-y action film where you're actually seeing his face. That's not tied to the Fast and the Furious franchise. How much that set you back? 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Same as okay. when they're trying to rent The Hunt and all those other films for. So it was not any more than they normally put new releases out for in most cases. Mm-hmm. I debated it with the Invisible Man. I was like, maybe I'll drop the twenty bucks, but I was like, it's a rental. It's not even a purchase, so it's not like I can keep it after it's over. Forty-eight hours, it's gone. I was like, so that's yeah. why the twenty dollars isn't worth it to me. I was like, I, no, twenty dollars, and I get to keep it. I don't have to let it go after forty-eight hours. What if I like it? No, nope, no, nope, it's a <laughs> rental. So it's a it's a shame, yeah. you know, that, that I miss out on that. But there's other ways where I can watch it. <laughs> yeah, but like the like the go ahead said earlier, you know, talking about bad taste, you know, and it's like, you know, that's exactly what it is. Is you know, trying to recoup that movie theater money by sitting there offering a rental like that. It's like take the hit, you know, and just put put it out there, or or reduce the price to a reasonable price so you can at least still get some people watching the movie. I mean, I even said I've got no problem paying extra to own it. You know what I mean? If you want to put it out early and put it out for 30 bucks to own, I might be willing to do that. One, because you know what? I get that they're taking a hit right now and I do whatever I can to give them a hand. Two, 30 bucks. Okay, it's a lot of money, but at least I know I own the film now. You know, as opposed exactly, to yeah. 20, yeah. like you said, a 48-hour freaking, you know, rental, good. Nope, there's no way I'm going to watch yeah. it more than once within that 48-hour period and... That's it. That it's gone. No thanks. Yeah. No, it's better to own it for twenty bucks. That way, if you like it, you have it. You know, even if you don't like it, you still have it. You don't have to give it up because you might want to go back to it a couple months from now. Be like, you know what? Let me give it a second chance. You know, let me see if it's just just as bad as it was the first time. So it's an interesting thing, but it's price gouging. <laughs> We're gonna see it. Um, so yeah, no no real segue into the movie here tonight. Uh, it's a fan pick. Thank you, Brenda, for picking this. And as always, if you have a fan pick. I don't, <laughs> because I know what's coming. We've got plenty of snacks to talk about in this movie. Um, but, no, this is a, a fan pick from Brenda, a friend of the show. She always listens, and I thank you for the support on the Facebook page. Uh, if you guys at home, if you have a pick that you want us to cover, hit us up on Facebook or our Instagram page and tell us what titles you want to hear us cover, because we love these fan picks. It makes it easy for us, because we don't have to fucking pick a movie. We just go off of what you tell us to watch, and we'll watch it, good, bad, or otherwise. So, Mucky, uh, this is going to be your pick for the week. So why don't you get into Blood Diner from 1987, directed by Jackie Cobb. Uh, yeah, this week we have a, the fan pick from uh, one of our lovely horror members. Thank you, Brenda. Um, like the King said, you want to make a suggestion? Yes, thank you, Brenda. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> you want to make a suggestion? Sure. But uh, could you maybe please be a little bit nicer to us? It's like because the past couple fan picks we've done now, we're, I'm not sure if our fans really like us anymore. <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> she, so she chose us to cover this 1987 classic, um, Blood Diner. Man, what is this movie about? Yeah. Um, 
Well, what's it not about? It's about cultists. It's, it's about boobs. It's about blood. It's about professional wrestling. But somewhere in here, there's got to be a story. Jimmy Hiller. Right? Yeah, there, there's, there, there's, there's, there's got to be a story in here, right? Um, kind of. <laughs> this movie is about a family of cultists who worship Sheetar, a dark mistress of the night. But when they aren't doing that... But yeah, when they are doing all that shit, um, they're they're running their family vegetarian restaurant that always draws a crowd because of their special seasoning. What could it be? Who knows? But I know that fat fucker at the counter takes enough of this shit. So let's just dive into this piece of a movie known as Blood Dinah. <laughs> so what did you think about it, monkey? Was this your first time? Oh. Oh, this was definitely my first time watching this movie. Uh, okay, all right. And, and I'm, That's a and I'm gonna be having some. I, I'm gonna be having some words with Brenda off the show. <laughs> but, um, I'll defend her. Uh, I'll yeah, defend her. Don't no. worry. I got her back. <laughs> no, it's just this because like the last fan pick we did, like at least it knew it was being cheesy and comedy. This one was like a trauma movie gone bad. <laughs> it really was. Um, yeah, it was just all over the place. I re- like I would have had more fun with this if they had like seriously had more direction and knew exactly where they wanted to go instead of like all these little side bits instead of just sticking to a straight movie. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, go. What do you think about Blood Diner? Uh, okay. You know what? My experience with Blood Diner started very poorly. Very, very, very poorly. As I'm sure, you know, the monkey and the king and everybody can, who's on our messenger, could, could attest oh, yeah. to, you know, as I, <laughs> as I got on there and, you know, I'm looking for this movie. I can't find it anywhere. I was told that it was on Shudder. It's not on Shudder. It's not on Prime. It's not on any of this stuff. Then I find out that it's on Roku. And, you know, me, the type of person that I am, I'm the kind of person that freaks out for all of, like, like about five seconds. But within that five seconds, it's probably more like a minute or two. Um, to me, it feels like five seconds. But it's, it's hell for anybody that is around me or knows me at that time. Because during that time frame, I'm thinking probably just about, like, the most evil possible thoughts imaginable. So at this point, all of my thoughts, because this was your pick, Monkey, I'm like, this motherfucker, he just got broken or something. What did he buy a new TV? And he just fucking found this movie, and this was his fucking pick? God damn you, Monkey! Who the hell has Roku? I don't have a cheap TV with fucking Roku built into it. Um, so being that I only, being that I only had, and like I said, this all flashes through, and then once like a little bit of reality kicks in, and then I feel bad about it. I'm like, and I'm quick to anger fans to be like, I'm a real dick most of the time. Uh, that being said, you know, I found it on my phone. I'm like, man, I hate fucking watching movies on my phone. If the, the site wasn't allowing me to stream it to the television, I guess because of proprietary reasons. But, thankfully, to make this story just quick and short, my, my one kid has a television that we got and that actually came with Roku built in and I forgot about it and I happened to just think about it as I was raging out checked it and sure enough there we go so my torture was having to sit in my kids room to watch the movie but that being said it really wasn't all that bad now the movie itself um, again after all of that going into this movie with that head of just 
anger and madness and just being like, great, you know, this is just going to be another shit show film that, you know, the monkey picked or his fan picked or whatever. <laughs> I, I'm loving this This is story. one of those movies. <laughs> this is one of those movies that I would have loved as a kid because it had boobs. It had like little bits of gore. It had like silly characters. It did. It felt like a trauma movie, but it felt like a trauma movie that just wasn't to trauma standards. Had trauma put this movie out, this probably would have been a win. This would have easily been like a, wow, this was fucking fantastic because they would have taken everything to that next step. You know, the, the times that they go to the next step in this film, it always feels just a little bit muted. You know, like, yeah, it's bloody, but it's not like, hey, we exploded somebody's head type of bloody. It's like, oh, yeah, we dismembered them, but we don't have blood and sticky shit all over the walls. We got a couple spurts of blood. Um, yeah, so I didn't hate it. I found myself smiling at a couple of points. I didn't love it either, but it really wasn't the worst film we've ever covered on this show. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely not. Definitely not the worst. How about you? I mean, I'm, yeah, Blood Diner is a movie that I rented back when I was in middle school, um, going to the video store for something to rent, and had no idea what it was about. I just liked the title. I was like, Blood Diner? Okay, that sounds fucking awesome. I was like, how bad can it be? And then I put it on well, and I watched Jersey, it. And I was there's like, diners everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I like them both. Um, but it reminded <laughs> me of uh, Blood Feast which I had watched uh, a few years prior, Herschel Gordon-Lewis film. And I was like, it's similar to that. And it's almost feeling like it's a spiritual sequel to Blood Feast in a lot of ways. And then years later, I did research and I found out that it was supposed to be a sequel to Blood Feast. And then they ended up just doing it on its own as Blood Diner. Um, yeah, the blood in the movie, you know, it's not the goriest movie you ever watched, but when they do it, it's fun. Um, especially uh, when Michael and George take the two dates back to the diner and the one girl gets her head dunked into the hot fryer. And she pops out and looking like a gigantic hush puppy <laughs> and just <laughs> running around until her head gets cut off. You know, it's just, it's that kind of humor that I liked. Like it wasn't taking itself seriously at all as a horror film. It, it knew what it was. Horrible. It was a comedy. They're vegetarian. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then you have the wrestling standpoint with George and little Jimmy Hitler. <laughs> and for some reason, that's a thing in the movie. You know, um, 1987, and wrestling was huge. Oh, yes, it was, yeah. But yeah, so the monkey's point, yes. This is a movie where you have these two kids, they're at home, when they hear on the radio there's been a murder at the Glee Club, and it's Uncle Anwar who killed all these people because he wants to make a sacrifice to Sheetar, the Lemurian god that they worship. Sheetar. He's got to give them the amulets. I love, I love the fact that he's covered in blood, but he's talking. He's like, "Oh, that's a great thing that you're making there, George. I like it." He's like, "And I've been working on hypnosis. That's good, Michael. Can't you stay? No, gotta go." <laughs> I just wish it wasn't so like predictable. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like one of the mm-hmm. things I thought about like during this sequence, right? And again, we're here. We're in the late '80s at this point. You know. Um, uh, it's funny, the downloadable character of Michael Jackson in WWE 2K20 actually looks more like Corey Feldman. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> you're interrupting. Uh, I, I automatically go to, um, oh, God, you know, I'm doing one of my, uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. Um uh, God, I want to say Jingle All the Way, but it's not Jingle All the Way. The Christmas fucking movie with the kid that killed people in Santa Claus. Mm. Well, uh, Black, 
Black Christmas? Not Black Christmas. No, it's Silent Night. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night. There we go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Brain, man. God, my brain sucks some days. Um, So, like, that movie, right? You have that opening sequence of Santa Claus raping the fucking kid's mom. You know, that kind of shit. That's what makes it twisted. Like, you hear about this killer on this radio frequencies. They're telling you, you know, be careful. The door is getting kicked in. And at no point do I feel like, okay... Going by the tone of these, this movie and what you heard over the radio, am I feeling like this is going to put a threat to these kids? That's what I want. Right. Obviously, I don't want to see right. the kids get, get murdered, but at the same time, as a horror movie fan, I want to see the movie go there. I want to see, especially since we've been trapped in the house with the kids for the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> you, know, you, you, want, you just want to see the movie go there. You want to. Um, but I figured like, that would be the twist. But instead, no. You know, the guy breaks in. You, you see him come in. He's got this cleaver or whatever it is he has in his hand. And it was like, yeah, I knew he was going to automatically be like a relative. He was their dad. It turned out to be their uncle. But, you know, it's just, it's silliness. The one kid looks like freaking Jerry O'Connell. Yes, he does. Yeah, and I love the fact that on the news it says that he has a butcher knife in one hand and his testicles in the other because he cut his balls off. His genitals. <laughs> he has his genitals in the other. So. so he's got the full package in one hand, and then he got the knife in the other, and then he ends up getting gunned down in the front yard. Which, again, if you watch it from a filmmaking standpoint, it's great because when he breaks into the house, it's daytime. And then when he gets gunned down, it's nighttime. <laughs> so, yeah, they did not take that into account. <laughs> Bam, it's nighttime. But it's, just, it's a filmmaking standpoint. Well, yes. Yeah, they also talk about that like throughout the film. They'll talk about like what happened that night. But then, like you said, it was clearly daytime. There's times when the kid will look out the window and it'll look night out the window, but then you'll see daylight coming through it as well. It was mm-hmm. it was one of those. Like I said, it, it felt like a trauma movie that just did not yep. have that that trauma backing. And it's it's great because you cut to 20 years later, and now you have George and his brother Michael going into the graveyard to dig up Uncle Anwar. For some reason, it's 20 years later. They had to wait 20 years, I guess to dig him up, and then he has a security guard in the graveyard. Oh, what's going on here? What's going on? He's like, hey, we're just digging up his body. And then he has Michael banging him upside the head with a shovel and his eyes pop out. I'm like, okay, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, boop. And then he just sh- he picks the body up and throws it. Mm-hmm. Was this movie delayed for whatever reason? Was this supposed to be, like, put out at another time? Not that only I know of. I'm but in, only reason I'm asking yeah. is like one of the things that I looked at specifically was the gravestone, and mm-hmm. the gravestone says 1962, not 67. Yeah. So that would mean right. this 20 uh, years later, putting it in 82, not 87. Right. Well, that could just be the the timing of the movie. Like I said, filmmaking standpoint, they're not thinking about it. You know, as far as it being 20 years later, you know, 67 well, as opposed to 87. They didn't think that, that all these years later in the year 2020 that, that we would watch this movie and, like, overanalyze all these little things? I mean, come on. Or the fact that his, or the fact that his gravestone says, I'll be back. <laughs> well, he felt like but he was looking the, at it when he turned them over, you know? It's, yeah, they dig up his body and they take his brain out of the skull, pops right out of the skull real easy. No problem. So they're going to bring it back and put it in their restaurant because Uncle Anwar has to give them instructions on how to bring back Sheetar, you know, because it's time. Sheetar. Sheetar. I failed, and it's, you yeah. t- it's your time. 
You fucking retards. <laughs> I just walk out and just curse them the entire time. You stupid idiots. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. George, you idiot. We gotta find a virgin. <laughs> Ooh, swim he gotta create he's gotta create a shopping list. <laughs> oh yeah, the shopping list is great for the board. Come on, man, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you find, like again, it's funny because you watch this movie and it's the fact that they have a vegetarian restaurant. I was like, how great would that be in this day and age for it to be a vegan restaurant, where they're actually serving up meat <laughs> to people and disguising it as as vegan, you know, as these you know uh, vegetable plates. And you get introduced to Vitamin, who's a blah 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 blah. Like, yeah. uh, good. Gee, uh, yeah. gee, don't you good. get it? <laughs> yeah. I can make you guys famous. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a food critic, and that's great. And I love how George just keeps kicking the shit out of him every chance he gets. And he keeps coming back. <laughs> like, he punches him in the one scene, and then he makes him puke all over the customers in the one scene. Like, why do you keep coming back here? Like, it's not good for you, man. Because <laughs> it's the best food he's ever had, man. <laughs> they do give him some food at one point, so that's good. He's obviously a huge vegetarian. You can totally tell. <laughs> yeah, he's like 500 pounds A 500 pound man Who likes vegetarian food That makes sense But yeah, he's there getting his ass kicked by George Incredibly unsanitary conditions In this restaurant <laughs> No gloves, nothing George is throwing everything all over the counter While he's watching Jimmy Hitler wrestle Like, oh, where, oh man, where's the food administration board This place is getting shut down <laughs> Like since he's doing it in front of everybody you can see him cooking in front of everybody. Like, you know, so, yeah. so, even now with the virus, you're like, oh, God, no. Never eating there. No. But we've all been those places, man. We've all been there. <laughs> um, so you oh, have I've Anwar. I've eaten places yeah. I'm not proud of, man. I've eaten places mm-hmm. that I'm not proud of. Oh, we all have. We all have. Um, so there was Anwar one drunk in, the jar. in New York City that I ate in fucking places that God knows. I don't, I'm glad I don't remember. The majority of it, but like I literally spent my entire night drunkenly trying to find a pork roll, egg, and cheese in New York City, oh, and, you, and you can't, you can't, because they don't exist. They don't have pork roll, egg, and cheese in New York City. You'll never fucking no, find don't. it anywhere. Um, you gotta get nope. to Jersey to get that. You can tell them Taylor ham. You can tell them any of that. They just don't have it. Um, they have everything nope. but sausage. They have ham. They have fucking every other fucking thing you possibly want, but you will not find a pork roll. Um, and yes, throughout that show, I, I ate many, many things from many, many different cultures, and uh, I don't remember a lot of things. I remember coming to at one point and speaking to a an Asian young lady, um, who then a, an Asian man came out yelling at me shortly thereafter. So I don't know if that was her boyfriend or father or, or whatever, um, but like that was literally me coming out of a blackout. So, like, to come out of a blackout in the middle of a conversation is completely fucking weird because all of a sudden you have no idea what you were talking to this person about at all. So, like, you know, I'm just kind of like, like looking at her like, oh, hey, you want to hook up? <laughs> no, you don't. Not in that place. Um, <laughs> that, that's, that, that's the goal coming out of the men in black moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Yon Wars in a jar, and he has to find a virgin. So they could make that sacrifice for Sheetar once all the pieces are together. We get introduced to Connie, who's with a bunch of cheerleaders, 
They're like, come on, come on, Tommy. Yeah. Like, why aren't you having fun? Like, you just need to go. Yeah. You need to have fun and, you know, whatever. Like, just stop being such a loser. It's like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just 80 shy. So I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> pick up books and go. And Michael's like, hey, how you doing? All right. Hey, I'm checking you out. And he's like, you're so nice. And he's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> so this is going to be fun. Sound about virgin, you know. And that immediately cuts to the new aerobics. Like, holy shit, okay, come on, cut. <laughs> come on, ladies, let me see you jump. Let me see you dance. Woo! It's Yay! We, ju- mm. we just mm. saw this in, uh, you know, American Horror Story. It's all about the aerobics yep. in the 80s, you know? Yeah, yeah but topless aerobics. So great, because then you have a point break moment where Michael comes in with a Ronald Reagan mask and guns everybody down. <laughs> point break moment. What? Before point break was all before point break ever happened. The second he came in there, man, the first thing that went through my head was, holy shit, the director of point break saw this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was amazing to see him burst in in the Ronald Reagan mask and start gunning everybody down. Then the next scene, he's got the, the electric cutter and he's cutting into a girl's ass cheeks <laughs> to cut the. <laughs> well, who, who, who doesn't want to cut into a girl's ass cheeks? You know what I mean? The That's prime meat. It's all about. And then, of course, you have. Yeah. I love George walking into the room with the head and he's like, Mommy, she's They got the head, they got the body parts, they got to get the two yeah. stomachs from two trashy <laughs> women. Yeah, but then he walked in with a um, Carson mask on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean Carter, Carter, Jimmy Carter mask. Yeah, it was Carter, um, not Carson. Carson. Yeah, not Johnny Carson. Carson. You know, no, no, Shit. no. no. <laughs> uh, but it, it's their preparation. So now they get all the body parts, but then you get introduced to the inept cops, which I love. <laughs> yeah. The chief of police, you know, just obsessed with finding out these murders. Oh, point break! Oh my god, yeah, like top of top of the line, the abuse in that movie. Um, but yeah, you have the, the police procedural where he's got two detectives that are going to be on the case, and I love the chief is just beating up on these people every single time they don't give him what he wants. Come on, damn it, we got to solve this crime! Punches the detective but, right in the chest. But during this entire scene, though, it seemed like they were using a lot of dubbing that was like – I took it as maybe intentional dubbing like um, – Yes, it was, yeah. For, for Giallo. For Giallo's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly that's, the point. Okay. I was gonna, that was one of the things I was going to say as well. They were obviously like doing that on purpose. Yes, it was purposeful. Yeah, they were doing it to make fun of Giallo's. To have this really bad Italian dubbing that's obviously not dubbing, but it sounds like it is. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what it was there for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Of course, you have to have enough cops that don't know how to do their jobs. <laughs> until we until we get introduced to Shiva Jackson. That's, <laughs> that's, that's Shiva Miss Jackson. Jackson. Nasty. It looks like Shiva Jackson. It did. That's what I'm saying, man. That's, that's what I'm saying. Miss Jackson, if you nasty. <laughs> Yeah, like she, she was intentionally picked because she looked like Janet Jackson at the time. Yeah. She was a Brit. She was definitely mm-hmm. British because she, like the yep. accent would come through every now and again. Oh yeah. yeah. And she's the one on the case with Mark. Mm. You know, the lecherous detective was always trying to hit on her, and she's like, "Fuck you, man. <laughs> we have a case to solve. <laughs> you know, let's not worry about this right now." Um, but so they have to set up the blood buffet. You know, they got all the body parts together. They've built Sheetar. She's completely intact. And now you have to build the blood buffet. So now you have to collect two stomachs 
from two whores. So let's go to the club where I'm going to dress like a weird gay Elvis, and you can dress up like a weird punk like the Misfits. <laughs> and we're going to go to this club. <laughs> and just when they grab that one bouncer and throw him in front of the car, and the car bounces over his head, and he's like, yeah, I guess you guys can go in now. <laughs> you okay, Jerry? Automatically made me think of the Toxic Avenger and the dreaded, famous, oh, yeah. you know, head crushing scene. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't happen. That's the thing. So no. Like I said earlier, where like they didn't go there, like that's where they didn't go. You know, and they had the opportunity to do it. It's not like they should have been worried about ratings in this film. So. No, no, and it could have been so much better. Toxic Avenger definitely handled it better. You know, with that that uh, head smash. Um, this one didn't do it as well where it's like he could still be alive. I mean, that, that tire just kind of bounced off his head. You know, he looks like he could be okay. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they have to get these two women, two women to come back, and they're automatically just like, yeah, let's do it. It's the 80s. You know, we're just going to come back with you guys. It's too cool. Let's see what you guys are all about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, you know, why, yeah. why don't you take her to the back room while, you know, I, I have a conversation with her in the front. <laughs> just yeah, so we, easily you know, taking off all her shit. <laughs> Yeah, so, so she can get bathed and you know. leads to some on the spot <laughs> Just covering her in batter, and she's like, "This is sexy, right? Like you dig me, like in all this batter, right? I'm hot." And he's like, "Yes, you are, <laughs> but you're about to get hotter." <laughs> <laughs> Dipping her head oh, in that hot oil, it's... and when she pops back out, and her head's in that that uh, hot deep oil, and her earrings are still on. Even though her head just is <laughs> completely fucking baked until it gets cut yeah. off, and yeah, it's just it's fun. Like I said, it was uh, it got a laugh out of me when she's running around with her earrings still on, even though it's a gigantic ball of just fried you know bread. Falafel, just like the ghoul said. See, I said hush puppies, but yeah, I'll go falafel because it is a you know a vegetarian place. <laughs> but the the one girl in the back, you know, she wants to get out. She's like, all right, so my friend's head's been cut off. I gotta leave. And she has a chance, but she drops her purse. I would have said, fuck it, leave the purse. Get out of there. Let's go. But no, she has to go back. And I was like, no, you're dead now. Yeah. Yeah, but I also took it as she was trying to steal shit off of the brother. Because she was snatching shit off of his body. And then she was like, okay, I got to go check on my friend now. I got to get out of here. You know, she was the one that wasn't for the hookup. She, She was there for the snatch and grab. But she had the perfect chance to yeah, go. Well, I mean, she could have just left all that behind. Oh, yeah, she was. She was just there <laughs> for the challenge. But she could have left, but no, she doesn't. She goes back, and then she ends up getting split in half, which I thought was a great effect. The fact that he took that cleaver, just real quick, slices her right down the middle. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it worked. It's a good yeah, practical effect. Like, and that's the thing about this movie is the effects that are in it. Like, they're silly. They're over the top. But they are. A lot of them are really fucking fun, though. <laughs> you can tell that this is where their entire budget went was the special effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we also get introduced to Stan, who operates Mr. Veggie, which is another place that nobody wants to go to because <laughs> his food isn't as good as the brother's food. But for some reason, he has a ventriloquist dummy that just sits at the counter. Oh, I don't know, Stan. I don't know what to do, What the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> why is this a yeah. thing? <laughs> and, and, and why's it got a why's it got a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> and it's got the super front of it. Like, oh man, he's talking to the detectives. I'm like, what, what is why? 
Nobody's acknowledging it. <laughs> it's a dummy. <laughs> They're turning like it's a real person. <laughs> Nobody calls it out. He even sprays it in the face with the bug spray. I mean, doesn't matter. Because he's a fucking dummy. I mean, what a cigarette somehow. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't get it. But but again, this is where, again, I was getting those trauma vibes of, you know, because, again, just trying to sit there and show gross restaurant environments, you know, like the ghoul said, places that you end up waking up in, that kind of shit, you know. But again, not just not going there. Yeah, and it's, again, it's gross. It's weird. Uh, they have that one point where the, the FBI guy comes to audit them, and he's like, oh, just, you know, come into the back, you know, I'll take care of you. And the next thing you know, he's taking his fingers off and putting them in the deep fryer and serving it up to people. <laughs> like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's oh, fresh. Look. <laughs> oh, look, do you have a fresh batch of veggie fingers? Who wants some? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Free no, appetite, help it's yourself. <laughs> you know, all this is going on. Now they have to find a, a lung and a liver. So they go to the beach where there's a guy just macking with his girl. On the beach side, taking the clothes <laughs> off. Yeah, I'm hungry for you, babe. She's like, oh, okay, it's gonna be fun. Maybe. Like, you know, it's like, man, this is so 80s. We got Bush. <laughs> we got oh, Bush. We got Bush all right. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't seen one like that in a long time, man. Man, things practically jumped out of her pants, though. <laughs> that's like that's high school girlfriend level bush right there, man. Yeah, it's oh, like, yeah, you know, like she, it looked like she prepped it with some Aquanet first. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to smell like Aquanet. Oh no, oh, no. Oh, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> and it's George who attacks. And immediately knocks out the boyfriend, and then all of a sudden the girlfriend, completely naked, which I appreciated. She was completely naked throughout this entire scene, trying to fight off George until the stalactite oh. in the cave, you know, just brains her. And I was like, ah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, but somehow all of a sudden she knows Kung Fu. And she starts doing all these Bruce Lee sounds. And Grab his dick. George. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then after he dismembers her, he's like, fucking bitch, and kicking the body parts. <laughs> you know. uh, I just I love the boyfriend in the next scene with the cops. Where he's like, oh, oh, God, he's dead, man. I didn't know. I was young, was young and horny. It's all my fault. <laughs> she didn't want to. <laughs> oh my God, why is she dead? You know, it was just it was so funny. Uh, like I was, I was again. This movie is playing it for comedy and it's doing a good job at it. Like it just it made me laugh. That scene, you know, it's it's not trying to be so serious. Right, but on the flip side, you know, while that's going on, they didn't sit there and possibly question the boyfriend at any moment. You know, they're just like, oh no. yeah, it was definitely a serial killer. Sure, you know. Meanwhile, our detectives are on the case. You know, they're checking this shit out because they got it because. I don't know. Jackson has a lead of it might be cultists, and they should go talk to someone about these cultists. <laughs> <laughs> we should find the only cultist in the neighborhood. Let's go to that place where the two brothers work. <laughs> See if they know anything about this. <laughs> they probably don't. It's going to be fine. <laughs> no, but first they got to go to that. Agri- um, first they got to go to the archaeological site to to well, learn about the cult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looks like it was yeah. Jurassic Park right here, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and they have to find yeah, out about the, you know, the lore of the Lumerians yeah. and everything. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah no, but, but the chief archaeologist, she knows all about the kinky, sexy shit that's going on. And everyone else stops their work to listen to all <laughs> yeah. about the sex talk that she's talking about. Because they're freaky hoes, dude. Don't you know that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they always get down. You know, the archaeologists. They don't just like to dig down, they like to get down. Oh. <laughs> yeah, see what I did there? Yeah, you like that. Why do you think Kelly Stadler stayed with fucking Dr. Grant, man? Well, because he was a freak in the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knew some things about bones. <laughs> and the bones are the He's right on the bone coke. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I mean, the the one thing that I really did enjoy for comedy's sake is when the detectives go to talk to the police uh, officer that was there the night that Uncle Anwar got shot to death outside of the house. And you actually get to see the shot of him getting shot outside the house. But every single time the detective brings up Anwar, his wife starts screaming. Oh my God! Oh my God! It's a sore subject for her. It's a sore subject. So anyway, that night we were with Onward. Oh my God! Like, you know, like going into the flashback. <laughs> and then you find out that that police officer is the father of Connie, who is the virgin sacrifice for Michael, who gave her the amulet that he had. He's like, and you know what else? Sheetar will protect you. She's like, I have two guardian angels? That's so nice. Like, it is nice. Of, is it me, or does Connie kind of look like Ralph Macchio in, like, a wig? In a way. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what, who she looked like, and to me, she reminded me of the girl from Night of the Creeps. The love interest in Night of the Creeps uh, that Jason no, Robin was trying to uh, mack on. Wasn't that uh, the monkey's girl? The one that he met at uh, the last Starfighter? <laughs> No, he's looking at the end of the comet. That's uh, Captain Aaron uh, Stewart. Yeah. There we go. Wrong movie. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. yeah, none of the comet, <laughs> none of the creeps. But yeah, that's what it reminded me of the girl from the, I don't, really, I don't think it's the same girl, but um, that's what it reminded me of. But yeah, what a Ralph Macchio vibe, you know, with that wig. It's just there just wasn't enough of her in the movie to make you really care, like about what happens. To no, her. Like, just not nearly enough. She just kind of pops in and out. You know, um, like when they go to the wrestling match, and for some reason she wants to go with Michael to see George wrestle little Jimmy Hitler. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, love little Jimmy Hitler, man. Remind me oh, of. Uh, man. I always forget her name from Glow. <laughs> like the main bad guy in Glow was uh, was uh, was like a, a Nazi esque woman. The Russian. Um, is that what she was? I thought she was like a German. Uh, but she always Maybe. Fought, uh, I Nazi. thought she was Russian. Okay. Yeah, she might have been Nazi. I thought she was Russian for some reason. But you might be right. She might have been Nazi. Um, but, yeah, just have the little mustache, you know, coming out with the blonde hair and trying to fight off George. You know, his outfit doesn't fit him at all. Too loose. <laughs> just hanging off him and getting his ass kicking the entire time. Yeah, and during this scene, man, like, I was really hoping George was going like, to be able to at least do a little something, you know? Like, no. before, before, like, something, just because he's, you know, again, you have those fan moments of, you know, you finally get to take on the dude that, you know, you've been talking shit to throughout the entire movie. But no, like you said, he just gets his ass whipped. <laughs> Jimmy Hill, I mean, he does you know, bite him in the ankle. So he does get that. Yeah. <laughs> does that... Praise all over the audience. 
Connie's not happy. She wants to go home now. <laughs> well, Michael's like, what's wrong? Why are you mad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, George has kicked ass. Well, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre. Because that leads to her getting kidnapped for some reason. Like, they don't explain it, and she's just kidnapped now. <laughs> you know, they just yep. took her away and decided to kidnap her because she's the virgin. They got to sacrifice her. They're setting up the punk club sequence where they're going to get everybody together in this punk club. <laughs> yeah, and get everyone hopped up on drugs because they're providing free drugs. <laughs> oh, yeah, and food. It's going to make them all hungry. <laughs> yep, they're gonna give him spike food too. You know, I just I love the fact that like you have like this Japanese guy playing a stereotype Japanese guy who owns the club, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'll let you guys do what you got to do here. But then the band that's playing, they're also Nazis. So I was like, what is this theme? <laughs> like, they are funny fantastic. This is like straight out of a Rob Zombie movie, though. They're like mm-hmm. the rockabilly band. I was yes. loving the music. The, the fucking I music was proven. I wish this yep. movie was at this level the entire film. Because, like, from this point on, I'm completely, like, everything leading up to this, I was kind of like, eh, this sells me the movie. The rest of the sequence yeah. right here. And, uh, and the, the band was uh, D- Dino Rell. And the uh, white trash revolution, I think, is what it was. Very Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I was listening to it, and it sounds very cramped. Um, yes, but yep, it, it very sounds like the school said very rockabilly. And the dude is an actual artist. He, he has actual music that you can look up and listen to. Um, you know, I, I listened to a couple of his tracks. I actually t- checked out a couple of his tracks. One was uh, Fat Titty Japanese Woman. <laughs> nice. nice. Oh, yeah. Man. I can argue that. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. That's great. Um, that's the whole setup is that you have the Rockabilly concert going on. But before that, just to rewind just a little second, you have Stan going to the restaurant to find out the recipe, you know, and kidnapping Uncle Anwar to find out what the recipe oh, is to make right. the food taste so good. And <laughs> When you had the confrontation with George and Michael in the restaurant where they stabbed Stan in the shoulder and then they cut his hands off and he's still trying to drive away. <laughs> he's still trying <laughs> to get out of this place. No hands, blood squirting all over the windshield. I gotta get out of here, man. I don't know. This is gonna see this crashes right in the whale. <laughs> like it was a great effect. I appreciate it for what it was. It was just funny gore and I always love when gore gets funny at times. That worked for me. <laughs> yeah, but back to the club. <laughs> yeah, well, we have this band fucking rocking out, and then like the girl said, I loved it too. I didn't want to see an end. The music just brought me in. Like I love rockabilly music, so to have this band playing throughout the entire thing while they're trying to bring Sheetar to life with this girl <laughs> all bound. Connie being just. Bound on this table. Nobody minds it. The fact that there's this woman, you know, tied up, gagged, laying on the table as this band starts playing. But then you start to get vegetarian zombies. <laughs> you know, it just jumps up another level. Yeah. Kind of vegetarian. <laughs> kind of eat Yeah, because they turn green. And the one, like, the greaser kid's like, what's going on, man? He's like, I don't feel so good. And his face is entirely green. But you can tell I that it's just makeup. Credit. Badly done. The transition to the green 
at the one point, like you watch it happening, like as the guys getting up, they did a really good job of that, considering there's really not much that they could have done special effects wise, you know. Yeah, yeah. There was some, like you said, that one sequence was good, but then other sequences you could just tell that this is kind of half-assed. <laughs> like they just didn't have time, and it's just it's poor makeup. But it, I just I loved it because all of a sudden now you have zombies, and they're just ripping apart people in the audience. They're just ripping people's arms off. They're chowing down while this is all going on. And you have Michael and George in their ceremonial robes, ready to bring Sheetar to life. Why didn't she wake it up? Come on, Sheetar, wake up. Wake up, Sheetar. <laughs> you know, while the band is still playing, <laughs> they're not stopping. They're going to you know, reach a conclusion of their song with the little Hitlers in the background. Like It's, just, it's insane, this third act. It's so good. It's just all over the place. You don't know what's going to happen next. Is Sheetar going to wake up? You see the eyes starting to move, and all of a sudden she opens up and is like, oh, no, she's awake. We got this. Connie, you're up. Her stomach's opening, not, so you better get sacrificed. She's <laughs> We're now in, like, a total, like, body horror style. Oh, God, like, yeah. Crazy, uh-huh. fucking insane, like, looking creature. With the yeah, that stomach with the teeth sticking out of it, such a great practical effect. Mm. The fact that it it's just like gave the open. It's like vagina. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that mm-hmm. that's what I kept thinking about is because I've seen certain hentai like that, um, and yeah, I just kept seeing the same thing. Okay, and you're then, a weird yeah. motherfucking dude. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> he loves his hentai. But, uh, but the fact that, you know, it, it's actually moving, it's opening and closing, you know, it's pretty cool. She, she's she got the mouthful of teeth, that just, and she keeps oozing out this, you know, green slime that looks like it ought to be in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pudding pie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Vomiting it out. Shit is moving, like, you know, come on, you know. Put your hand in her, you know, her stomach. It's going to be fine. It's not going to hurt at all. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Are you crazy? No, no, it's fine. You know, you have to be the sacrifice. <laughs> all about and love. And while this is all going on, you, the, the band's still playing. The band doesn't fucking stop. Because no, not at all. You don't, you don't fucking stop when you're on stage. But why would anyone huh. stop, though? Because... That because like you said, King earlier, you know that's going on. How come no one's noticing? And it's like, well, maybe because you have a rockabilly band on stage that has this fake cow on stage, and they're doing a guar thing of cutting it in half with an axe. You know, <laughs> no, so everybody was. Everybody took part of the feast. They were all dosed. They were passing out all the little food nuggets that you saw earlier. That's right. And they were all starting to slowly turn into zombies. They weren't even paying attention to the show anymore. <laughs> they were just involved in eating everybody else that's in the crowd. You know, they're tearing people over and they're biting into people's arms. So the band's still going. They don't notice this. They're like, man, this crowd loves us tonight. Man, we are rocking. Like, they are really responding to what we're putting out. <laughs> Let's keep going. Let's go into overdrive, Hitlers. Hell yeah. <laughs> With the music on their neck. <laughs> this is the best stage ever. I can't wait. Um, then you have the detectives showing up amidst all this fucking madness. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and, you know, they're trying to figure out where Michael and George are because they know that they're the ones that have been perpetrating this and they need to bring them down. You know, but it's just it's madness. Like, everybody yeah. for themselves. Yeah, but see, once again, cops show up trying to shave everyone's buzz. You know, what a bunch of bullshit this is. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I love the, uh, the detective Dave 
who gets the knee hook to the leg, and George is trying to drag him up into Sheetar's uh, open gut. You know, no, 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 I don't want this. You know, still blasting zombies on the way with his gun. <laughs> you know that he's going to be fucked in a minute. Mm-hmm. But, nope, you know, got Sheba coming in to save him. She made it let him die. Well, that's because he shot his brother, Michael, man, right through the eye, you know. Oh, yeah. And that was a good effect. I mean, I, I like that after effect of the eye shot because it looked good. You know, it didn't look like a prosthetic. It actually looked pretty good. And I think it was because of the lighting that made it look so good. Yeah. I, yeah, it was just a really good effect. <laughs> and then, you know, Sheetar... You know, she's trying to get her feast, but also at the same time, she's letting out laser bolts like in Big Trouble in Little China, where she's just zapping people, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and she's killing the band. I'm like, not the band. No, because they were good. (laughs) You know, they were going to go back away the one good thing, damn you. Yeah, so you know she's taking out everyone. She's taking out the Japanese club owners. She's taking out the band. Oh yeah, you know, uh, took out the uh, took out the yuppie because that didn't partake of the drugs earlier. You know, bitching about how it's too loud. He sounds like his ears are gonna blow off. (laughs) (laughs) And she took care of it. She made his ears blow off anyway. (laughs) You know, just those lightning effects. And you have George ending up getting his head shoved into Sheetar's stomach. So she decides to eat his head. So I'm sure George is a virgin anyway. So it's a virgin, you know. I'm sure George never fucked anybody, so it's fine. She's still getting food from a virginal source. Did we ever find out what happened to Anwar? Like, did he get knocked over and crushed? Like, I don't think we ever found out what happened to Anwar. At least I don't notice. No, his brain gets put into Sheetar. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Okay, see, I I missed that. Yeah, the, the, the truck on the in the va- yeah in the in the van on the way to the club, they they start the ceremony and that's when George opens up the, the head of Shishar and puts Uncle Armor's brain in there. Okay, see I missed that because I was wondering what happened to Armor. All of a sudden he's gone, like you know you didn't see him again. Um, so I just I, yeah I missed that. Oh wow, okay. Uh, but you know now George Michael are dead. George Michael just realized that George Michael. Uh. George Michael. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's George uh, Michael. <laughs> I just realized that. Okay, well that's but it's all over. And they were just looking you know. for a father figure. <laughs> oh man! All right, points for that. And she just wanted freedom, you know. <laughs> oh, they just had a little face. That's all. <laughs> oh man, that rules. Um, but yeah, the, the, with this massacre over, now you have that that every movie has to have, which is like you know cleaning up bodies everywhere, and then you have Dave and Sheba. They're gonna go out for a cup of coffee because you know maybe he's not so bad after all. You know, let's get a cup of coffee. Even though know, I'm hurting the leg, I'm fine. Whisper, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Wham! Right there. <laughs> You know, it's funny, I remember, 
anytime I hear George Michael, right, it just I mean, it makes me think of one or two fucking things. One, there was this nightmare period of my life where I would go to customers' houses and I would fucking hear from customers, hey, you know, you look like George Michael. It was whenever I would have like a five o'clock shadow going, you know what I mean? And they'd be like, you know what, eat my dick. How about that? Um, wow. And then they'd be like, oh, just like George Michael. Um, <laughs> It was this, uh, I, I don't even remember what song it was, but it, again, it reminds me of my nanny, my grandmother. There was this one song he had, and she wanted to know what the lyrics of it were. So she made me, like, write them out for her. So I had to, like, listen to the song. Because, again, you're talking about the late 80s. It had to be like, oh, yeah, you had to listen to it. You had to listen to it to get the lyrics. Over yeah, she didn't give me, and you know over. I, mean? I didn't have a tape that had the lyric book inside of it. So, yeah, I would have mm-hmm. to listen and try to get as many of the words as I could and then rewind and then listen again and keep writing it in to finally have it so that she can, like, understand the song, you know? And meanwhile, like, you know, I know she probably never listened to it again after that. <laughs> Oh, I remember those days back in the 80s when you didn't have the lyrics, you know, on the album if you just had the vinyl and you just had to listen to it just so you can get it. I did that to uh, the village people in the Navy because when I was a kid, I had to learn to record about the Navy. And I was like, this song's about the Navy. And I was like, it's really good. And I had to sit there and I had to pause it and write it. I'm like, okay, in the Navy. Okay, all right, go. Okay, in the Navy. I was like, man, I sat there for like an hour. <laughs> trying to figure out the lyrics <laughs> that fucking song. I was like, I had to write it for a report, so I hated it. I was like, yeah, those are the struggles back in the 80s, kids. <laughs> when you had to pause it and then go, okay, I heard that. I did the same thing for Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire back in the day because I had to write a report about that, too. And I was like, fuck. I was like, what did he just say? Okay, yeah, no. Let's go back. He said something about uh-huh. middle suicide. He said something about coal wars. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, this t- well, this era sucks. Well, plus well, right we now, every, the mixtape that we made for girls too. Oh, please, yeah. Writing all of uh, of we didn't start the fire right now because of uh, the current thing. I've heard like six different variations of the of the song. Oh yeah, I know uh, David Madison, who directed Mr. Hush. He released one on his Facebook page where he did this whole thing about the coronavirus, and I was like, it's fine. But we don't need it. <laughs> it's, we don't need another we didn't start the fire. The original's fine. You know, let's leave it alone. There's a lot of shit, you know, but... Uh, I'm sure Billy yeah. will do it when Billy does his, you know, thousand and fifteen shows per year that he does at the Garden, you know? I'm sure at this point he, he probably changes it up and updates it with every performance anyway. It'd be nice to get an updated uh, version from him. I wouldn't mind it, you know? <laughs> I know what we saw Roger Waters do back in uh, the the late 2000s, um, you know, whatever, you know, 2009, 2008, whatever year I went to go see Roger Waters do The Wall. Um, They had updated, you know, certain parts of that, um, either through the video feed or through um, just, you know, the lyrics and the content of what was going on. Like, you know, he was including George Bush in for certain things and, you know, Mm -hmm. Waters is always about, you know, just not trusting our politicians, oh. and I, I don't oh, know yeah. why, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Hates it. Um, so, yeah, in, in the ending of the movie, we have uh, the wrap-up of everybody dead outside of the club, and then you get to see a woman walking away in some nice heels onto the streets of Hollywood, California, 
and a red Corvette pulls up, and the guy's like, hey, baby, hey, check you out. Hey, look at them tits. I want to see them tits, baby. Come on. Hey, what are you doing? Come home with me, baby. Come on. What are you waiting for? What's your name? My name is Sheetar. He's like, cool, man. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. They just drive away. I was expecting just someone hot, you know, and smooth and stuff like that, and just be like, you know, my name is Sheetar. Not the big old fucking mushmouth, you know, monster shit and shit like that. It's like, you know, no, we didn't need that. We All we needed was just a smooth delivery of my name is Sheetar, you know, hot-ass hot, hot woman, and she pulls away. And by the way, that wasn't a Corvette. That that was actually a Volkswagen Carmigia. All right, well, fuck you, man, with the car knowledge. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying there's a bit. I'm just saying yeah, there's really. a big difference between a Volkswagen and a Corvette. Okay. Well, excuse me, excuse me, King. Actually, there was a 1987 Carmigia that was not even made for the film. It was special. That was custom, if you didn't know, because right. I know cars. You know, All right, Marky, we get it. Him if he made a mistake between a George fucking, I don't know, a George Romero film and a Dario Argento movie, you'd be like, well, yes, you I can did. tell from the color of the blood and the viscosity of the floor that this, 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 and this is how it's actually performed. And the lighting was done by this guy. Well, this was done this way because this is the radiance that you get with that particular image. Yeah, it's, it's not the first time that the monkey has corrected me on cars. Because I was talking to him about Purple Rain one time about the motorcycle he drove. He's like, actually, King, that was like a 1987 uh, custom. And I was like, okay, well, no, that's fine. I was like, no, I just no, said I like the motorcycle. No, it was a 1984 Honda Matic. <laughs> yeah. And as a matter of fact, I drove one similar, but it wasn't that. It was a, a Kawasaki, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know, obviously, we saw a similar mouth in the movie Fright Night a couple years prior. Yes, we did, yeah. And now we're seeing Sheetar with a similar mouth. This has got to be where they got the idea from Melina in Mortal Kombat. I would have to assume, yeah, because uh... it's almost similar. And it would make sense, though, that she still has her teeth, because that's what she had when she was on stage. So that wouldn't go away just because she left. Like, you know, she wouldn't be normal. Like, she would still have those teeth. No, she's I'm a goddess. Just saying, though, it would she's been. a two million yeah. year old goddess. <laughs> <laughs> but she still drove away. It wasn't like she killed him, like Twilight Zone style. That movie, with, uh, that opening sequence in Twilight Zone. <laughs> you know, what no, if he they just show up together? <laughs> what yeah, are you doing over there? Real scary. But I, I like that they ended it with her actually getting away. You know, I thought that was cool. Yeah. You know, that the, the, that the story did not end, and that they actually ended up succeeding and resurrecting the gods. Right. And now, I mean... <laughs> so, 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 so apparently George was <laughs> um, a virgin because it worked. <laughs> he had to be, yeah. I was going to say, he didn't fuck anybody. Like, he was definitely a virgin. That guy wasn't down for the pussy. Because when he was with that girl in the other sequence, he wasn't down with it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think George was gay. Um, there, was, there was a comment at some earlier point, but I think we saw that that was his whole thing. Is you know they, uh, they, they were just subliminally putting that in there. 
Uh, uh, they they when used homosexuality yeah. in the eighties. Remember? Yeah, they did. And I love the the fact that when they're in the club, it reminded me of uh, SNL when they're doing Eric and uh, Donald Trump Jr. Where <laughs> you had Eric going, I don't know how to be cool. Snap your fingers. Yeah, yeah. Snap your fingers. That's how you, I was like, oh man. <laughs> I got such a flashback to SNL doing the Eric and Donald Trump Jr. satires. <laughs> we have Donald Trump as the cool guy, and Eric's like, oh, look at that balloon. <laughs> you know, uh, I couldn't stop laughing at that. But So that is Blood Diner from 1987, directed by Jackie Kong. Like we had said, it's a fun movie. It's a good way to waste some time. Got some good laughs, got some good gore. But next week, Ghoul, what is your pick? What do you have for us? All right, guys. So, like I said, you know, I was thinking we were going to do something like outbreak or virus or pandemic or contagion, any number of these these films that are just trending all over the place right now because of the coronavirus. So, I figured, you know what, man, we're, we're classier than that. We like to have fun with yeah. it. And because mm-hmm. I spent my entire day watching, you know, some old school wrestling, it got me to thinking... We are going to take a trip to the 80s still. We're going to stay here. Okay. And one, one year later, to be, to be exact. Okay. No this might not be, it's not exactly what you would consider a horror film, but we do that from time to time. Sometimes we get into yes, like we a, a weird dystopian futuristic type of deal. But you know what's going to happen? What's going to happen this time is hell is going to come. Hell is going to come to Frogtown. Okay, that's what's going to happen. Oh, Piper! Yeah. Starring Roddy Roddy Piper, made motherfuckers. The Rowdy one. Oh, man, I love that movie. Oh, my God. I can't wait for next week. Hell <laughs> uh, comes to Frogtown. And this is available on Tubi TV if anybody wants to check it out. So there you go. You don't have to pay for it or nothing if you don't want to. Uh, go, go ahead, and we will see you next week uh, with that shit. Oh, hell comes a frog town. It's about time we got Roddy back on the show because we did do a They Live episode when he passed away. So we definitely covered it. You can check it out in the archives. So we're going to once again deal with the rowdy one next week. Uh, So, Mucky, thank you so much for joining us for the episode, and we'll see you here next time. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone, and let me come in your ear. Watch your hands, bitches. Monkey, monkey. (laughs) Cool. Want to hear this on a plug as it close out? Hey, uh, again, everybody. Since everybody's so busy being stuck home, and, you know, you're there, you got your kids there, life's hard right now. And we get it. We do. But you know who you're also trapped there with? Your spouse. You know, now whether that spouse is a male or a female, it doesn't matter. They probably really don't like you. You're seeing a hell of a lot fucking more of you than they normally do. <laughs> so the best thing you can do is go to Bonfire Bee Designs at Etsy and buy them something. Something beautiful. Some jewelry, some toilet paper earrings. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on there. You want some coronavirus earrings? They're there. Go on. Go purchase yourself a pair and give them to your significant other. Are you a guy from the 80s and you like to keep that one earring and that one ear? Remember, it better be your left ear because if it's your right ear, you're a fruit. Um, um, yeah. how they back then. Um, you know, again, yeah, yeah. go to Etsy. It's, it's all one word, bonfire beat designs. And is she allowed to call that the coronavirus earrings? I know that you said that you had a problem no. with that. No, okay. I'm allowed to call it that. But, you know, there's uh, <laughs> yeah. something else entirely. Because if you put yeah, that she's going to call it TP earrings. 
<laughs> PPM. PPM. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what it's called, but they're on there. Okay. Uh, as for me, oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Buy them, buy them, people. You're home. You got nothing to do, so get on there. You know, buy some shits. We'll love you for it. Um, you know, that's right. Laid hardcore because you're home. You want to get laid. You want to just be sitting there watching movies. You want to get a little bit of that <laughs> scoochy scooch. <laughs> you know, so get on it. Um, but yeah, as we close out the show, uh, there is a friend out there that listens to the show. Her name is Casey. She lives in Indiana. She does have COVID 19 symptoms, but the tests that they do have available, she's not allowed to have because she is low risk. So they are not letting her have the COVID 19 test. Uh, she said that it feels like she has rocks in her lungs at the moment, so she's under a 14-day quarantine. She's not allowed to see anybody physically, uh, but she does keep in touch with you daily. Uh, it sucks, and we do hope for you, Casey, that you're feeling well enough and that you're going to kick this thing's ass like you always do, and we appreciate you listening, and just we hope you have well recovery. We're all going to get through this together somehow, some way. Wash your hands and be safe, and we'll all get through this. All right, be good to each other, everybody. Hit us with that tag, Stay scared. And keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Watch whatever the fuck you want, because if you're in quarantine, you got plenty of time. So binge the shows that you want. Watch the movies that you want. We're all in this together. We'll see you back here next week for the ghouls pick. Hell comes to Frogtown. It's the Piper, baby. How could you go wrong? See you next week. <laughs>